Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. Trade Afternoons for McDonald's. The McSpicy Range at Maccas. Can you handle the heat? Oh, yes, this is Trade Afternoons. Great to have your company. It is for McDonald's, as always. The McSpicy Range at Macca's Kenya handled the heat. I'll tell you what, there's been a significant moving of the magnets here in this time slot. It's out, out, Sanderson, in. Well, before introducing this, there's not much this man hasn't experienced, to be honest. He's a number one draft pick. Played 334 AFL games. He's been a captain, a BNF winner, twice an All-Australian. And he's also been traded, which is integral to this program. Brendan Goddard, welcome back to Trade Radio. Traded? Well, more or less. No. My own, own choice, mate. Yeah, I, I was in, in charge of my own destiny. Didn't that work out well? Well, we hindsight's a wonderful <laughs> Good to see there. Uh, yeah, big shoes to fill, though. Stepping in for Sando, isn't he? he did, did he's well been a very week. good job. I've been out of the country, so I didn't quite yeah, get the... Where have you uh, been? Yeah, just in Bali, just uh, away with the family. Still celebrating our VAF of Premiership with St. Kevin's old boys. Yeah, well done on that. Yeah, thanks. So the coach and I and the families went away. Seven kids under seven in the same house. Pretty young footy trip. six adults. I just said to a few of the boys, we're very glad to get home last night. <laughs> and on time, on you, with uh, the Jetstar. So uh, thankfully, it all panned out. Sound a bit hoarse. So I thought, is that a few too many Mai Tais? Or just telling the kids... A few many the... Bintangs in the old air conditioning just pumping <laughs> 24 hours, 7 in the bedroom. We've all been there. Oh, good on you. I hope you had a good time. Yeah, we did. Good, good to be back. Well, Trade Talking Radio, yeah, you're no stranger to this program. Um, no stranger to this time of year. Um, your old club, just before we get to trades, having a difficult time of it at the moment. You would have landed, actually, to the news, wouldn't That's, you? That... Yeah, so we had a chat off there, ironically. Breaking a uh, bit of a scoop here that uh, Xavier Campbell and I were on the same flight home. So we we walked off the plane, turned our phones on together and looked at each other. And with a, uh, He probably had about 200 messages and I'm sure yeah, you had a few as well. A, with a bit of a, a, uh, a smile on our face, a bit of shock. But uh, yeah, no, it, um, it was very uh, surprising. So I just caught up on that last night, to be honest, with the whys and all that kind of thing. And I think at the end of the day, I don't... I don't I think the job, I don't know your opinion, I haven't heard of it. Probably uh, you gave it before earlier on radio, but I, I think the job was untenable at the end of the day. When yeah, yeah. When the AFL in particular um, and then the club being yesterday, and I know how sh- strongly they feel and how diver- around diversity, equality um, and the things they've put in place around around those programs and how strong they feel on it that you get a guy. And, he, and let's... And he's, he's entitled to his opinion, right, and views. It's just that when they are so different apart from the organisation that he potentially was going to be in charge of, I just yeah, I think they've made the right decision. Signs uh, just shines a fierce light on the process as well. So Ernst and Young held up as the beacon of all things due diligence and process and um, recruitment. They went through the process to appoint him. Uh, Essendon, they did the character reference, the checks. They knew he was a member of this church organisation. They knew? They knew. Yeah. What okay. they did, they said they didn't know was the historical comments from the sermon of 2013, but they were on the, the church website, easily Apparently, Google search, yeah, that's right. Someone told me last night that Google search would have... So, you know, we're told these reference checks are deep dives, they're forensic and all that sort of stuff. Well, this is a, an embarrassing, this is an embarrassing blunder for Essendon. Another one for, for David Barham as well, after the way the, the Clarkson-Rutten mess 
panned out as well. So there's some people going so far as to suggest that Barham's position is now untenable and that he should vacate uh, the position as chairman of the Essendon Football Club. He he termed it a couple of missteps. Mm. Some people suggesting they're more than that. But uh, he I, know, I know people are quick to, to go down that path, but from an Essendon person, I think... I think he's done a, a, a good job. Like it, it, I, I felt at some point someone had to stand up and kind of draw the line in the sand, which I felt like he's done. And yes, there's, he's, he's made a couple of mistakes already. But it, and it feels from what I've seen, again, your views might be different. That he, like, he's happy to take responsi- responsibility of those mistakes, mm. as big as a couple of them have been, um, and you know, putting a microscope on the footy club. That, but someone. You know, it's, it was going to be messy to someone to walk into Essendon Footy Club, well, yeah, the most successful footy club in AFL VFL history, and literally just, you know, s- sweep out all the dirty mess and flip I'll it upside down. Flip it upside down. So there's there's going to be some, you know, falling out from that. Speaking untenable is the word of the day almost. Is Kevin Sheedy's position untenable? I mean that that is that's a bit of a mess too going forward. He was so public. I could yeah. not believe what yeah, I, I'm not sure if you caught that from Bo, no, but did. that was I did. That was extraordinary for him to come out and say the man who got the coaching job wasn't his choice. Um, and not only that, if, you, if you, you track it back a couple of weeks or month earlier when he's talked about the Alistair Clarkson comments, yep. so take him down to Tassie. Yeah, so yeah, it was um, wasn't a great wasn't a great look, but yeah, that Sheed's uh, being passionate, but I, I, yeah, I don't think uh, well unattainable as you made mention that I don't think Sheed's is uh, will be around the club much longer after those comments. Trade Afternoons is for McDonald's. You can take part, as always, in this time slot. Uh, Sanderson's out. BJ is in, and you can get involved. one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. We'll prioritise your calls as the show goes on. St Kilda's new Executive General Manager of Football, Jeff Walsh, is going to join us a little bit later on in the program. 0419-187-323 is the number if you want to drop us a text. And BJ Pat from Perth. Little quick one here. Why no compensation for Zane Cordy going to St Kilda? Well, that compensation is wiped away by Liam Jones's decision and a decision he made several months ago. It must be said to accept a three-year deal at the Western Bulldogs. Back to where it all began, BJ, albeit returning a very, very different player, and he fills an obvious need there down back for the Doggies. He does indeed. Uh, and then when you look at their potential or targets in uh, Rory Lobb, yep. uh, they're kind of... They're kind of now kind of stacked. Well, he's replacing. Well, good thing like Cordy's obviously gone, but it's, even with Cordy there, they were still thin on key defenders. More more so the depth with Keith uh, missing a fair bit of footy. So um, they're starting to get a few pieces in place. But the the issue from mine too was it a two year deal? You just said he uh, three years for Liam Jones. Three years and he's so it's 30. a big show of faith. So he's thirty two in February. Yeah, that's right. So it's it's a massive leap of faith. Mm-hmm. Missing a, a year of footballs, you know, vaccination going up. Yep. Still playing football up in Queensland and doing quite well apparently. But uh, yeah, it's a huge show of faith. Yeah, Lockie Henderson played against him this year up there, and uh, I said, "How did he go?" Lockie said he absolutely destroyed <laughs> us. So he kept himself in really good nick, and perhaps in his heart of hearts, he always thought this might happen. Uh, Matty Lloyd off the top, just coming back to Andrew Thorburn uh, today on the early trade. Stole my thunder, unfortunately. He rolled out the shortest tenures in sport. There's been some beauties, but as good as his list was, I reckon we've cobbled together an unlucky five here that we might get to a little bit later on, BJ, that uh, all sport, maybe even a bit of um, a, a bit of uh, celebrity as well. So we'll go through that. Uh, give us your nominations, by the way, just inspired by Andrew Thorburn's 30 hours as the CEO of Essendon. 
who has uh, been in it for uh, a good time, not necessarily a long time. 0419-187-323. We had a segment with uh, Sando BJ that uh, we will inherit with you. We'll carry on with it. It's called What's the Deal? And where we obviously just uh, pick a subject of interest and just thrash out in our heads, uh, crystal ball style, how the trade might um, might wash out. And we were thinking of a segment that you could make your own. And we thought, the BJ's bomb have a nice ring to it. Is there a way we could do the opposite? Perhaps a deal that has either been struck or is about to be struck that you just cannot get your head around and you're happy to call out. Uh, can we? You asked. I thought yeah. we agreed that we would do this. Good, righto. Have we got a sound effect for it? Yeah, I think we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're going to have to be strong if we're going to back up that sound effect. I'm not sure if they'll all be that strong, but um, oh, you've got a couple that are mar- You've got a couple that are marinating away in that brain of yours that you just, you know, like like a lot of us when we're spitballing around the water cooler. I can't believe he's going there. Why would they give up him for him? How could they give up that mm. pick for that player? How does that player think he's going to game, get a game at that club? So BJ's bomb will be our regular go-to from here on until the conclusion. All right? Yeah. Okay, good. Don't look so excited about it. No, okay? not. Are we starting now? Or are we... No, no, we don't have to start Okay. Now. You're scribbling away furiously. I want you to get as much meat on that bone as you can for our first one. Right. Okay, let's go to Blackburn where Patrick has called in on that number again, one three hundred twenty three. 55-48. You can open the batting for us on trade afternoons today. Pat, you want to talk about the Cats? Yeah, g'day, Sammy. G'day, Gotti. Um, I was worrying about the Geelong Cats, and I was listening to your take yesterday about the Bowies deal. And would it be possible, if Bowies does nominate Geelong, that Geelong could get a third club involved to Geelong send a second-round pick to, let's say, Collingwood, for example, and Collingwood send their future second-rounder to Gold Coast to get the deal done? Because um, obviously Geelong can't send the first round pick and second round pick the future ones mm. in the same uh, draft period. Well, Patrick, with Jack Bowes, I mean they won't have to give up a lot for Jack Bowes. He's he's almost the easier one to do of the three, contingent on the fact that they need to convince him that this is the the, the club for him, and that that is a big thing because Jack Bowes doesn't want to come. He knows the pick seven's coming alongside him, which let's be honest, that's what the clubs are really <laughs> after. But they've also got to convince him that, hey, you've got a spot in our side. You're in our best 22. Now, it's going to be hard for Geelong to guarantee him that for obvious reasons. But provided they can, they won't have to give up a lot. That might be a, a second rounder, a future second rounder. Gold Coast just want the salary off the books, mm-hmm. BJ. It's the other two that are tricky. So Tanner Bruin, the Giants want a future first round pick. Yep. And Ollie Henry, the Pies, given Ollie Henry's a pick 17 only five minutes ago, two years ago, they want a first-round pick as well. So they're going to be a little bit more difficult for the Cats to navigate. They've got pick 18 as their sole first-rounder at the moment. So, so just on Bows, so Tanner Bruins a midfielder too, right? So you're saying – so this might be uh, part of my segment tomorrow, BJ's bomb, but um, for his best interest, you got – Yep. Even without Tanner Bruin going there, yes, Joel Selwood comes out, but then you still got Parford in waiting. He was potentially a full-time midfielder. So where does he fit in then? And then if Tanner Bruin is potentially coming, then where does he fit? So yep. my understanding is talking to you this morning that Geelong is at this point looks more like, likely, likely to be yep. his number one destination. Mm-hmm. So for me, yeah, I might be uh, going early on this for, for a segment for BJ's bomb tomorrow, but it doesn't doesn't really stack up for mine if I'm uh, 
bows and looking for full-time role as a midfielder and yep. Geelong being that destinational place. It's so fascinating. This is about how a, a part of the industry that I don't think we see too often is when the club gets in front of this player for the first time and the vision they sell. And sub clubs mm. do it amazingly well. And Melbourne did it really well with Adam Chera to the point where he thought, Carlton who? Melbourne's magnificent. Yeah. And Melbourne couldn't get the deal done. They've done it with Grundy. When Grundy, obviously, uh, stuff of nightmares, being told you're going to be moved on from Collingwood. So some clubs do it better than others. I know that Geelong have been into him as a player for a lot longer than Essendon and Hawthorne and North Melbourne. And that, when you say a lot longer, we're we talking... Well back into this year. Okay. Yeah. So they knew there was potentially coming? I think so. Okay. Yeah. There you go. And they look at him as much more than a back flanker or a back pocket or the role that he's been playing up there at the Sun. So th- this is all part of the sell, if you like, for, mm-hmm. for the player. And it's a part that we, that we never see. And Geelong must do it bloody well because... History says that yep. um, they've been a destination club for a, and for a do, long period And do we time. know, has he come out publicly and said that the reason for him wanting to move is because he wants to play more midfield? Like It's easy to say, yes, play more senior footy, but... Now, a lot of the narratives is, is, is around Gold Coast by virtue of the fact that the contract has been pushed back so many times yep. that he's owed eight eight fifty thousand mm-hmm. next year and the year after. Yep. So this is... Gold Coast being proactive yep. uh, amongst other movements uh, this year as well. You know, Fiorini and all those sort of players that are that are going to move to clear some cap space, re-sign Noah Anderson, Matt Rowe next year, have a crack at a big fish 12 months from now. So it's tanning glove. Yep. Player would like to play. He's not in their best 22 at Gold Coast and mm. the Suns need to get he, the money. Because he the would see himself playing somewhere, a preferred uh, position on the ground. But what we don't see too is the due diligence that the – the player or the player and their manager should be doing on other clubs. So 100%. the process I went through with, with, um, free agency is, uh, my management group, Ned, uh, there might've been a couple of guys that floated through there as well, but sat down and put, put the old magnets on the board and clubs and sat there for, for a couple of hours, nutting it out about, yeah, you know, from, from head to, from head to toe in terms of their CEO, the club, all that kind of thing, history, the positives, negatives, so doing our own due diligence. So whilst they're almost interviewing him, presenting to him, he should be doing the same back to them. So that's what you don't see either. So you'd think in his situation that if he's putting all that, collating all that information together. Yep. And not everything can be anticipated either because who would have thought for all that forensic whiteboard action <laughs> oh, you speak of? Sounds stupid now, doesn't it? <laughs> Bang. Like said crystal ball. Oh, oh, no. Who could have possibly predicted that That's was about right. to hit us? So out of my control, the old control of the controllables. Indeed. Good on you, Pat. Great to have you on the on the line. Ryan has done the same. He's in Bentley. He wants to talk about Brody Grundy. How are you, Rhino? Yeah, not too bad, Sammy. Just curious. So we're obviously dumping Brody Grundy for salary reasons, and he wants to stay at the Pies. Yes. Um, and the age yesterday reported that he's willing to take a pay cut. So why would he not take a pay cut to stay at the Pies then? Yeah, that's news to me, Ryan. I've never been told that he's happy to take a pay I'm not sure what sort of player would want to do that when they've signed a contract in good faith and they want to also stay at that football club. I, mean, I can't get my head around why. Brody Grundy would take a pay cut or even be willing to do that, BJ. Now, if there's a case... Especially when they held out so long for that money in contract, so he's not taking a pay cut. Exactly. If there's a case study here, it's Adam Trelaw going to the Western Bulldogs. He didn't sacrifice a single cent. No. Now, there'll be a haggle over who pays what and for how long and all the rest it, of isn't it. Isn't it past that point too, um, did he... Yeah, Pierce. So. That yeah. he, he doesn't want to beat Collingwood either because of... Oh, I think I think when the time comes and the dust settles and the deal's done to Melbourne, which it will be, I think 
he is a chance to perhaps voice his displeasure over the situation. Yeah. So you know, how far he's willing to go is up to yeah. him. Well, that's just that's that's the way I I see it, and the way it feels is that whether how it happened, but there's a conversation from Collingwood with him and his management saying maybe this is the best option. Then once a player feels that, like in relation to my experience too, like it, you just you they're still humans. They want to be loved and want to be wanted. So you get that sense from the team. That yeah. in his case or my case, I started with and gave 10 years service to, and you get the inkling that that's not the case. It it stinks. Yeah. So now it's a matter of- The pride of, is hurt. Yeah, the pride is hurt. So wh- who else have I, who else is out there that, you know, and you get a bit of love and attention from, you know, it's like a relationship. <laughs> and who seduced you at S? We might take a break. When we go, I want to go back. I'm sure you've spoken about this many times. No, but not, in de- not in real well, we, detail. We just spoke about the vision that clubs sell. Well, you've lived it. Not that mm-hmm. long ago. So we might go back in time and you might be able to take, if you're willing, take us into yeah, the room. I'm, when the, I'm not handcuffed by anyone these w- days. When the Bombers came in and, and sold you the, the picture that um, you were the right home for them. Uh, this is Continental Tires AFL Trade Radio. But trade afternoons, 1 until 3 o'clock for McDonald's and McSpicy Range at Maccas. Can you handle the heat? At text number 0419187323. And a shout out to Daz, who's given us a nomination for short tenures in sport or or in celebrity status or in, in pop culture, in whatever it might be. Daz has given us a ripper here. We'll roll out that uh, that list shortly, a sequel to Matthew Lloyd's segment earlier on with Kane Corns. You're listening to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. Continental Tyres, they're engineered in Germany and they're proven in Australia. Trade Afternoons for McDonald's. The McSpicy Range at Maccas. Can you handle the heat? A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. Welcome back. Beaumont News update. The AFL's named that independent four-person panel. Took some time, but they've got their tasked with, uh, well, they've got a big task, fully investigating the racism allegations levelled against Hawthorne. Bernard Quinn King's counsel will lead the panel, and he's joined by experienced barristers Jacqueline Tuffray, or Turfray, pardon me, Julie Buxton and Tim Goodwin. And that report and its recommendations, BJ, will be uh, uh, sent and tabled at the AFL before the end of the year. And then the league is saying made public. So that will be a big story ongoing. Fremantle pair Griffin Logue, Darcy Tucker, their moves formalised today. There'll be North Melbourne players next year. Uh, the league confirming that the Kangaroos acquired the duo along with a future third round pick for the picks that the AFL gave them as part of their assistance package. The future second, the future third and a fourth round selection. And St Kilda's new executive general manager of football, who'll join us a little bit later on in the program, Jeff Walsh, admitted this morning on Gary and Tim SEM Breakfast, there was a sense of irrelevancy surrounding the Saints veteran administrator who has held key roles at Collingwood uh, twice and North Melbourne across his 35 years in the caper has stepped into the job at Moorabbin at a time of change at the top for the Saints. Uh, Tylers, you need stock fast. Well, Beaumont Tiles are ready to help. Over 115 outlets stocked up. Good appointment for St Kilda, do you think, BJ, from the outside looking in? Uh, from the outside, yeah. I don't, I don't know Jeff well. We actually mentioned before we go back to like 1995, 96 when I played uh, uh, State's primary school football with his son Tim, who got drafted the same year as me, and then I played basketball with his eldest son Brent on Wednesday nights. So, still, yeah, still. So, diff- obviously, two different sons. So, I, but and then I'd, I've had no um, relationship or, or never come across Jeff from a footy sense. But playing a bit of midweek ball, midweek ball, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Whereabouts? Just an MSAC, mate. Oh, okay. 
Nice work. But uh, yeah, perimeter so, threat or more of an inside? No, I'm, you know what? I'm happy for other people to shoot. So I'm a bit, you know, play that quarterback role. You know. Like a blue collar operator. Yeah, just happy to. Good on you. Uh, so <laughs> back to football. <laughs> Sorry to digress. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So so from the outside, I think it's a it's a strong appointment. What what about your view? You know, you probably know Jeff. Well, it's very hard for us to cast assessments from the outside. I mean, we've never worked with Jeff, got no idea what his management style is like, but clearly if you're doing it for that long at the top level of the game, you're doing something right. His track record's um, pretty successful. You know, his appointments have coincided with some pretty positive times for all the clubs. Can't offer him a job after the review? Did they? We'll check that out. We'll check that out. Uh, but clearly the Saints have, and have been the worst-kept secret in football, to be honest. Uh, and He's got a bit to catch up on, so after the review from David Noble. Yeah. Isn't it funny the way that sort of worked out? Because it was Jeff Walsh's review in a North Melbourne that yeah. may or may not have paved the way for David Noble to be... Uh, Connecting the knots, yeah. Yep. And then David Noble does the review of Moravin and Jeff Walsh is coming in. Isn't that funny the way footy works sometimes? It is, yep. Uh, Michael's in Caroline Springs. He's been waiting patiently uh, on the open line here with us. How are you, Michael? Good afternoon, gents. How are we? We're going well here. Yeah, I was just sort of thinking yesterday that clearly um, Freo wasn't interested in hanging around waiting for Carlton to get with the compensation that we all knew we were going to get for Liam Jones. Mm. So obviously they see next year's draft as more valuable than this year's draft for whatever reason. But that just asks the question, so what would be... Where you know where will they land and who? What are they likely to get for pick forty nine in this year's draft? All oh, right. Um, well, Michael Carlton have always been of a mind to prioritise the draft this year, so I'm assuming they'll use it in the draft. Although it is said to be potentially the um, the least amount of fewest picks ever used in a draft, BJ, for whatever reason. Um, but Carlton always said they wanted to go there. Yes, they got Blake Akers in, but they were never going to be big players, big money, big picks like they have been in recent times. They want to get some youth in. So, Michael, I'm assuming on that basis they'll go to the draft. They've got 10, 29, 49, their first three selections there and a, a few picks in, in the back end as well. Appreciate the call. A lot of texts coming through, BJ, around shortest tenure in sports. Some <laughs> cracking good. nominations coming through. Keep them coming if you've got one. We'll get to it later. 0419187323, as well as What's the Deal? And the very first iteration of BJ's bomb, which I can tell he's very excited about. Raymond's up in Colac, uh, Brennan. How are you, Ray? All right, how are you? We're well here. You got Ollie Henry on your mind? Yeah. I want Ollie Henry out of the cats. Okay, well, what are you going to give up for him, Ray Ray? I reckon we could give it, give up um, maybe pick if we get if we get the Suns player, we'll just pick up give up the seven. You just give seven up for Henry, just like that. Seven. He might not even be playing in the maybe. in the best team next year. Maybe who, who's he who's he push maybe. out of the the Premiership team from a couple of weeks ago? Who does Ollie Henry play in front of? In that forward uh, line. That's going very hard. Is that I wouldn't be able to push out anyone. Well, might let Ray go there. The line's a bit dodgy too. I'm not sure if we're getting the full picture there. I, I reckon he'd give. Um, could he give Gary Rowan a run for his money in that in that setup? We reckon BJ potentially, potentially. But competition for spots is a good thing. I reckon yep. if they get seven in, I mean, there's untold flexibility with that. They could split split seven. They've already got eighteen. You could, split seven. Could split First seven time, with an. Their lowest draft pick since Joel Selwood. They're yeah. going to split it? Well, they could do if they're trying to get in three former first-round picks. Yeah. All they've only been in the system for a few years. That's a, 
It's 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 a borderline rot. It's like when you're a kid and you hacked you hacked the system. You know, you've gamed the system. Basically, the cats here with this. Well, they're very good. You at win it. the grand final by eighty points, and you bring in three former first round picks and pick seven. That's that is unbelievable. Uh, Paul, you're in New South Wales. You want to talk about Brody Grundy as well? Welcome to you. How are you, champion? Mate, I would like to talk about Brody Grundy going to Carlton, and if not. Uh, the ruck stops for Carlton. We need to upgrade them. And what, what's Jack Salvani going to do if we do get another ruckman? You're not happy with the Frenchman, Big Pitney? Pitney or De Kooning? Uh, not really. Oh, what, about, what about young Tommy De Kooning and what he showed in the ruck uh, this year? Is he a ruckman or you think he's better served elsewhere? Hot, hot and cold. Hot and cold. Hot and cold. Only young. Young fella. I know his brother's doing a lot better as a backman, but he's a, as a ruckman. Going quite well for yeah. uh, young years, but he's definitely not going. To, they couldn't afford even a, a subsidy from zero chance from Collingwood, so he won't be going there. He's not going to Carlton Paul. Uh, I'm sorry to say, um, but yes, okay. If you if you think Carlton should look for Ruckman, I haven't heard a name mentioned in that regard. Um, but clearly, Pitnet um, and De Koning going forward as we sit here now. Tom's in Greensborough. Tom, help us out with Ollie Henry. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well. Um I tell you what, you know, today's killing me. I've taken the day off so I can hit, you know, listen to trade radio and get excited because this is my Christmas this time of year, trade, you know, trade week. But nothing's happening, and mm. as a Geelong supporter, nothing's happening, you know, even more. So I'm very frustrated. But I've I've mapped out my trades, and and I think I've worked out what I think is fair for Ollie Henry. I don't think Collingwood's going to think it's overly fair, but when you've got a 20-year-old who's you know doesn't have a contract and can essentially walk um, to maybe not Geelong but walk out of your club. I think you've got um, to do what's best for your club and actually get something back for him. And I think this is fair. So Geelong give up pick 38 and 48 this year um, to Collingwood, and Collingwood give us Ollie Henry and a future fourth. Now. Um, that balances out at roughly pick 27. And I think, considering you know the fact that Ollie Henry got pushed out of the side by um, Ash Johnson and the fact that they've brought in Dan McStay and they've brought in you know, uh, Bobby, Bobby Hill, Hill, who you know, is a pretty decent you know, young player who's mm. had a couple of issues, I think that's... You know, to say we've come out with roughly pick 27... I think that's pretty, you know, good to sell to your fans, you know, from a Collingwood point of view. And I think from a Geelong point of view, you know, we get Ollie Henry great, but, you know, you can't invest pick 18 into, you know, a player who is, you know, maybe going to be, you know, a hybrid forward, maybe a wingman. You know, Geelong, you know, as you said, you know, he's not going to push any of, you know, our forwards out of their spot for next year, round one. And then the other thing is you've got Oliver Dempsey who, um, you know, lit it up in the VFL for Geelong who will probably be boxing out with Ollie Henry for the same spot, you know, in the forward line going forward, you know, as that hybrid sort of forward. So I, re- I really don't think you can invest a first-round pick in, a, in what is now known, is, is what is now a known stock in what Ollie Henry is likely to be. I think when they drafted him, you know, maybe they thought... He was going to be like a, you know, a Cody Waitman um, or maybe a Daisy Thomas, someone who was going to light it up, you know, pretty early. But you know, he hasn't. Um, and you know, yes, he may still make it as a player, but 
Um, I think uh, you know you'd, you'd, I think to get something like pick twenty seven is pretty fair for Collingwood. That's Tom's view. He did kick twenty one goals, fifteen BJ in fifteen games. He played in. He got minutes in 15 games. He kicked four against Fremantle. There's been other games where he could have kicked a lot more. The game for at the G in the wet, late. Yep. yep. His hands in some of those games are amazing. He's a second-year player. Mm-hmm. He could second be. Year. People, people forget, <laughs> he forget this about players. It is second a year. very, very, very Everyone's good Everyone's got high expectations of younger players these days. Unfair, unfairly. Yeah, so appreciate that, Tom. But yeah, Collingwood are going to push for more than that. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. He he's a, a slightly harder one to value because they're going to be trading a lot on potential as they are on the the short amount of exposed talent that we've seen from him. But you're right, he is at a contract as well. Leads us nicely into what's the deal. So after the break, we'll pick a uh, a trade subject and we'll just spitball BJ how we think a trade might unfold as we look into our crystal balls. Keep your nominations coming through for short tenures. In sport and in society, it's 0419187323. Ange, Dave and Billy, sit tight. We'll get to you on the other side of this on Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. They're engineered in Germany, Continental Tyres, and they're proven right here in Australia. Trade Afternoons for McDonald's. The McSpicy Range at Maccas. Can you handle the heat? I reckon that might have been a question Tom Mitchell was asking himself at various stages this year. And for Ego Power Tools, think outside with the Ego Power Plus 56-volt battery range of outdoor power equipment. Today's What's the Deal centres on the former Brownlow medalist, BJ Tom Mitchell, who would like to play for Collingwood. Hawthorne would like him to play for Collingwood. He's got a year to run on his contract at uh, pretty decent coin. There might even be a contribution to the wage. And then again, there's a possibility he might just stay at Hawthorne if Collingwood can't do the deal given that. So, other so what's stopping the deal? Collingwood have got a lot of other things going on at the moment. Uh, he's it was always going to be one that would happen later on. I'm told if it happened at all. So we take that as red. It might not happen. There's no certainties here. Collingwood have played it pretty cool. Hawthorne. Mark McKenzie has repeatedly said that he's a he's a listed player under contract and he's staying at Hawthorne, but. We've seen this movie before. We know how it ends. I think it's still wholly likely to happen, but. How would it happen? I, I don't. I don't know. What it, like they're playing that card, saying he's a he's a contracted player and wanted player because they want to get more out of him. Yeah. So what, what's a, more what's, for him than what he's worth? How do you value him then? So Tom Mitchell this year sort of fell out of favour in the engine room at Collingwood. I think he only attended 55 percent of centre bounces in twenty twenty two, so he couldn't play his best football. He fell out of the rotation in there. They want to get more young players through that midfield under yep. Sam Mitchell. So how do we value? And he's only an inside mid, right? He, he doesn't have respectfully the athleticism or the ability to be an outside player. There's a fascinating case. He's 29 years of age. So what's he worth? He's a Brownlow medalist, but let's just put that on the table. But respectfully, you know, he's he's an accumulator that can only play in one position, and obviously done it really well. So he's therefore filling a need at Collingwood that they're clearly after an inside accumulator. That's you know, I wouldn't say he's a great kind of contested ball kind of you know feed it to the outside runners. You may mention that Geelong, sorry, uh, Collingwood are quite dynamic now in their midfield mix. When you talk about Chris being in there now and he's going to be a full time midfielder moving forward, he's not going anywhere. Dugowie, Adams, Lipinski, and potentially 
you know, Dacos in there. Mm. They had a bit of bit of real speed and power out of there. So, and then Pendles only really moved, I think, into that full time inside mid at the end of the year because of Adams absent his injury. So. You're right. He's just a go and get the ball, though. Like, yeah. They tried him half back. They tried him half forward. Yeah, as I said, they tried can't. him on a wing. So what's he worth? Oh. Would, it, would not, a second m- not much? Like, would a second like, round to be fair. So could could Collingwood give a or is that too high? Oh, Collingwood will finish. Too, I think it's too high. Well, Collingwood will finish somewhere up. We think near the pointy end of the ladder. So that sec, future second round pick next year. This time next year could be well and truly into the thirties. Late, yeah. Like twenties, thirties. Yeah, when you say it, the late thirties, yeah. That's what. And respectfully to him, like Collingwood are the only one interested. If they've known that his name was even thrown out last year, so it's almost you know clubs had twelve to fourteen months to prepare. Like, do we need someone like a Tom Mitchell if he's available in the end of next year because his name was thrown around earlier? And again, respectfully, only Collingwood's kind of come asking. I hate this word, but do you reckon there's any chance he could be reprogrammed? What does that mean? You know what that means. It's that word's older than time in footy. Yeah, but we're based, given a new role, trained up into a new part what, of the ground. With on what a preseason, just, no, no what, I know. But wait, what we've just said, no. I, I just, know, I but if he was given, if he was given a whole summer to prepare for a different role and time to go and do it, could he fulfil another brief? Uh, respectfully, I know. I don't think when you look at the player he is his attributes in terms of twenty nine, he's set in his ways. Yeah, probably. well, yeah. and you know, he's, he's not quick. Um, he's an accumulator. He's not a great kick or decision maker. So, like again, respectfully, where does he where does he fit in another role? Mm. There's still got to be a home for the player who can win it at the coalface, though. Surely, in our game, is there? <laughs> there has to be. I think there has Isn't to be. The but I, I, I think I think it's I think um, teams recruiters are looking and asking for a bit more now mm. because there are a lot of like there's some oh, there's a there's a a few guys running in the Vaffer that, that said that Scobs, he could, a, a great accumulator, he could walk into an AFL, not walk into an AFL team, play AFL football. Yeah. You, you put, remember, and you might think that sounds ridiculous, but when you put good players around, really good players, they all, like they get better and footy becomes easier. Things happen a lot faster at AFL level than any other level. Um, don't get me wrong, but yep. you put... It's sometimes it's easy to get a kick in better teams. Still, it always is, right? But yeah, so there's always accumulators. That's what I'm saying. So you can find them. You know, they're they're, they're out there. But no reason, no reason for Collingwood to be rushed either. They know Hawthorne want to part with him, and they know they might contribute a little bit. And Collingwood have got a lot of other things going on. So Tom Mitchell, as I said before, will always be one that will uh, will have why, to. Why wait. do you think he fell out of favour at Hawthorne? Uh, I think there's a desire to get some more youth into that yep. into that midfield um, distribution. All the reasons you mentioned, I think, yep. are a problem. Just they struggled to find a home fit. Maybe the fact that Warpole is a, I don't know, Warpole's probably a bit more dynamic than the Mitchell, but, but there's a few same sames, isn't yeah. there? So, and, and by the looks of it, Sam Mitchell, probably as you expect, because he was that type of player. But he he wants guys that can kick the footy, use the footy well. Yep. And I, you know, again, respectfully. And again, maybe Mitchell's, salary comes. Mitchell's not one of those, and you know, Warpole's been kind of. Out of favour, I think, because of that reason. Mm. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Trade up to Continental Tyres. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. That was Carlton List boss Nick Austin with Cal and Riley a little bit earlier on on Trade Radio. We did play that, BJ, because we had a little technical difficulty, as they say in the classics here. We might have just uh, had an implosion, but we've resurrected ourselves 
Sam Edmund with you and footy's first free agent, Brendan Goddard, here as well on trade afternoons. I can't remember where we were, but we got BJ's bomb still to come. And in our little hiatus there, you just thought of a new segment. Yeah, thanks for that segue. It's, uh, it's fact or fiction. So this is going to be directed at you. I don't like that Because you're, you're such a, a, a worthy and hardworking <laughs> journo that knows everything oh. about everything. That uh, the names thrown around. So every trade period, right? So from supporters to fans out there, this is at credit where credit due. This this first one, I'll, I'm assuming we're going to start. This has come via Twitter. So the two names I'm going to throw. We're going to roll with so it. So whether there's any away. fact or fiction, because there's a number of names that are thrown out there. This guy wants to leave, go to this club because of this and all that kind of thing. Clubs want to get rid of this guy. Last year was Hawthorne and the names they were throwing out and then they were denying it. So I'll ask fact or fiction. Let's start it. Is Whitfield and Haynes, GWS, throwing their names out there? Right. <laughs> Oh, well, that might be a bit of both. That yeah. might be part fact and part fiction. Yeah, provide context, please. The part fact would and, be... And for all the listeners out there, this is based on Sam's knowledge. This is just right? my belief. That's his belief and, my what, he, fact, and what he knows from his great journal, I did journalism ask the, work. I did ask this question around these two guys going back when it became clear that GWS were going to shed a bit of talent this off-season, and we know how that's now manufactured itself. So part fact, part fiction. I think the fiction's Lockie Whitfield not going anywhere. The fact, though, more fact around Nick Haynes. But Nick Haynes won't be moving. He's owed a lot of money on the remainder of his deal, heavily back-ended. And there's some other things without going into it that would prevent him from making a move from GWS into another state to play his football. But in an ideal world, I think GWS would like to move Nick Haynes on and as and part of their reset. Thirty next year, twenty nine. Uh, like he's older than yeah, yeah, he is. I, he's been around a long, yeah. super player though for a long time. Had yep. a difficult year, the year just gone. Yep. Um, but in another time and place, I think GWS would be open to a trade. But realistically, that more is, around a salary dump. Then he's not going to happen. And then correct. Whitfield's name was thrown out yeah, a, yeah. a week or two ago that if James Heard got the job at Essendon, he'd, he'd ask for a trade. <laughs> I think that's sort of but Kevin, he's on big Kevin Sheedy too, right? style loyalty in yeah. that, isn't it? He's on massive money. Yeah, so. over a long period of time. And I think he's a keeper. And Nick Haynes stands here question 30 years of So this age. may be ongoing. So if something just pops into my head and a few names get thrown up either oh, these, we might get more than one of these or social. Yeah, I'm going to be under the griller all day, am I now? Yep. Okay. All right, like that new segment. BJ's bomb to come out of 2 o'clock, which is not too far away. Maybe time uh, for Billy in Redcliffe, who's uh, bed with us on the open line. Welcome to you, Bill. Uh, thanks, guys. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. Not at all. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to chat about Ollie Henry from a more of a Collingwood perspective. We've had a few Geelong supporters ringing up, sort of talking him down. Um, I just sort of wanted to refer to the year that Jeremy Cameron came in. I know GWS asked about Sam DeConing, and Geelong were adamant that they weren't going to trade him because of the potential that they saw in him. Uh, in his first two, ga- two seasons, he played one game. Um, and then you've seen what he's been able to do this year. And in Ollie Henry's first two years, he played 15 and averaging almost two goals a game. So, you know, if he if we take it, use the first round draft pick two years ago um, and developed him, which Geelong sort of keep talking about how they like to develop their young players in the reserves. Um, and you know, Sam DeConey didn't play finals last year, and Ollie didn't this year. So. You know, if, if Sam DeConing wasn't tradable last year and, and you look at what his value would be now, I can't see why Ollie Henry wouldn't be worth more than what we used to draft him with in the first place. 
Yeah, well, this is this is where it becomes a, a bit of cat mouse race from both clubs, right? Mm. So Geelong would be saying, well, he hasn't been able to break into your team. So yes, he was taken with a high draft pick, therefore he's not worth that much. They're saying, well, you know, he's giving reasons we don't know of why he isn't getting games. It could be anything, but he's still in our best team and we see this potential. So they just want the best outcome for themselves. So this is the game that they play, Bill, unfortunately. Yep. So I tend to agree with you that and that's we said earlier with Ollie Henry, he's shown enough to for us, I think, for most people, he's going to be a really good player yeah. in the long term. And don't forget, it's only his second year, like you've made mention, Bill. And these, and listening to Andrew Mackey yesterday, he was pretty open about it. He said, well, these players can be hard to value. Mm. You know, what one club Absolutely. thinks is totally different to his potential suitor. So read between the lines there. They might butt heads for a while on Ollie Henry's worth. Uh, Noel from Yarrawonga, channeling our fact or fiction. Have you heard Stevie Johnson are coaching the Ovens and Murray Football League next year? Mm. Noel, I have not. I have. You have. BJ, what's happening? Uh, no, just just some conversations. <laughs> it's <being> fact. <laughs> it's fact. <laughs> not not definite that he's coaching. Wang? But there, there's some. There's some. Uh, Rovers, Magpies. There's some conversations. Pigeons? No, keep going. Uh, who else is in that car? Uh, who's the pigeons? Yarrawonga. Yeah. Oh, hello. Um, so, <laughs> conversations being had. <laughs> Noel's in Yarrawonga. Show he wants to know. Oh, you know, there you go. Yeah, we'll just. Well, he's probably knows. He's probably got his ear on the. Oh, he does yep. have his ear on the ground. There you go, Stevie J. Would it be just a coach? Wouldn't be. Wouldn't pull the boot. <laughs> what, 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 what are you trying to say, mate? Stevie's probably listening. He loves this program. Good on him. Hope he does. Uh, right. Well, maybe one more call before we not get to he, a... not that he couldn't, uh, or not that he wouldn't think that he could still play and absolutely. play well. <laughs> I reckon absolutely the bear in the square sort of set up for uh, for Stevie J. Marianne is in Leopold. Marianne, you want to talk about the former Essendon CEO Andrew Thorburn? Hi guys. Yeah. How are you going? We're good. Uh, just a couple of things that um, yeah I find really strange about all of this. So very quickly, and this is very brief. Section 116 of the Chapter 4 of the um, Australian Constitution reads, the Commonwealth shall not make any law for establishing any religion or imposing any religious observance or for prohibiting the free exercise of any religion and no religious test shall be required as a qualification for any officer or public trust under the Commonwealth. Mm. So I'm really concerned that Essendon has... um, proceeded here with some very concerning precedents because um, Andrew Thorburn and the church that he belongs to isn't the only church in the world that has those views. You're looking at the Quran has those views. You're looking at any other Christian entity has those views. So whether, you know, there was no, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's been a media report stating that Andrew ever indicated any intention of imposing his personal religious views upon the Essendon Football Club. No, Marianne, he was actually at pains listening to his only interview with Gary and Tim yesterday to say the exact opposite, that um, that people have only got to look at my time as a CEO yeah. and respective organisations to know that, um, that that's not how I operate and I'm welcoming of all kinds and my beliefs don't necessarily mean that I... Um, that that I that so operate any differently, yeah. yeah. So it does, as Marianne's saying, it raises all sorts of questions around whether people should be removed from their jobs for their religious or societal views. Um, but we're getting into a well, no, I don't, I don't think they should. But when it when it's totally contradictive, to contrary a, to what the employers' organ- values, employers, and the business is leading, 
that then becomes an issue. Yeah, I think it does. When you've yeah. got an, a, a newly created AFLW team as well that are involved also, yep. and if we're going to play the percentages there, then you don't need me to draw your picture on that. So there was all sorts of conflicts there with that. And then, but apart from all that, uh, the Royal Commission investigation into um, that, that forced his resignation, Marianne, I think uh, if you went down and the Australian Financial Review did a report on that today, put everything else you raised to one side and just look at... Uh, um, the over or the incorrect charging from the NAB under his tenure of, of people over a long period of time for a significant amount of money forced his resignation. I think that would be perhaps reason enough alone for him not to continue um, as the CEO of Essendon. But anyhow, uh, it's history now. And maybe Simon Matthews, the brother of David Matthews yeah. at GWS, has already been interviewed for the job. Um, who, else? Who, who are the others? I think he's the next in line. Three names. Travis Ould. Would Travis Old come back into Clubland, do you think? I reckon Travis Old might end up replacing Gil McLaughlin. Gil. Mm. Yeah. Well, the name was thrown out there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see where it goes. They've got some work to do and they'll have to go back through the process on that again. Hey, guys, any news on Jack Gunston off the text? I think Jack Gunston will end up being traded now, BJ, even though he's eligible to be a free agent. I think somewhere around a third-round pick will be swapped here between Brisbane and Hawthorne just by virtue of the obvious Dan McStay. There's compensation for him. Yep. That Brisbane don't so want to upset. Yeah, so they keep that. That's right. And then Hawthorne have got Carl Amon coming in as a free agent, so they don't want to affect their compensation uh, for Gunston. So they get something instead of nothing. Uh, after this break, we'll get to you, Henry, Howie and David. We need to clear one, though. And on the other side of it, the inaugural edition of BJ's Bomb, where he casts a microscopic look and a, a somewhat uh, quizzical and critical eye over a trade that has happened or is uh, reported to be about to happen. So BJ's Bomb coming up. You're listening to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. They are engineered in Germany, Continental Tyres, and proven in Australia. Trade Afternoons for McDonald's. The McSpicy Range at Maccas. Can you handle the heat? Welcome back, Trade Afternoons. I tell you, the ad breaks are entertaining. Uh, for McDonald's and McSpicy Range at Macca's, can you handle the heat? All right, BJ. Uh, Henry, Howie, David, sit tight. We'll get to you soon, but we've workshopped this for all of five minutes. I can't see how anything can go wrong with it. It is the yeah, inaugural... Just, just roll with us here. Inaugural edition of BJ's Bomb. It's time for BJ's Bomb. Whose voice is that? How quick, how quick. We got Ian Turpy. He just happened to be walking Craig past. Craig Willis. Ian Turpy just happened to be walking past. We got him to quickly do something uh, for us. So there you go. Do you like that? Smooth, isn't it? Yeah, very good. Very, very good. smooth. So if you missed it, you're going to take a, 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 a critical lens, a look at some trades that have it's either happened. It's not me to be critical. No, no. In keeping with your, well, play to our strengths, don't yep. we, in this yep. caper. And you've got a trade in mind that you wanted to have a look at. Yeah. So one that's been bubbling away for a long time and that's, uh, Happen um, is Dan McStay from Brisbane to Collingwood. Mm-hmm. So they got a, a compensation pick. Yep. yep, compensation. What was their compensation? Thirty-five at the moment. Thirty-five. Second round. So not great in the whole scheme of things. But when you look at the length of contract, so five years at six six fifty, the best of your knowledge, three million dollar commitment to Dan. Mm-hmm. So it's big, like in the whole scheme of things. When then when you look at it from the other end and, and the role he's been playing at Brisbane, playing for you know, a top four team for the last four or five years. So going back to my conversation before, if you're listening around, um, you know, putting, it's easy to get a kick in good teams. And I don't want to disrespect Dan saying he's not a good good player, but I'm just saying when you, the, the role he's been playing in Brisbane as a 
third tall, getting the third worst or best defender, wherever you want to put it, um, behind Danaher, behind Hipwood, life's a lot easier. So then, what does that then? What does it look like? And what does that look like when he plays for another team? What, what position he's likely to play in that forward line? What what opponent he's likely to get? So is his output going to be similar, if not better, to what he's been doing in a really good team, being the third tall? And that's questionable for mine at Collingwood. Right. Yeah. So if so, from a pure pure football point of view. You're saying Dan shouldn't have made the move, or Collingwood? You question why they're interested, or both? Yeah, well, a bit of bit of both. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying for Dan; it's a, it's a great yeah, deal. Great like, deal. Yeah. Anyone would sign right. it. Exactly. So how he fits in no, is going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's that's more of the point. And um, I know Collingwood. And, well, Collingwood supporters have wrestled with this themselves. You know, Grundy yeah. going out, McStay coming in. Is mm-hmm. it the right move? How and does he based fit? on what they need. So when you look at their team, what is worth? So then you look at the the Collingwood side of things. So Ash Johnson come out of nowhere. He's going to be a really good player. Like he's, he's, so plays is that one ninety five kind of medium tall forward. Then you got Brody Mychek's been doing the same thing for a long time. So you say Brody McStay, very similar players, right? One ninety six, not pure key forwards. I reckon Mychek is going to play a lot closer to goal. Yeah, again, and McStay not, will be that up and down yeah. worker. So, so that, but is is that necessary? What's best for Mychek in terms of getting the best out of him? That's just what will happen because of. Well, it might give him a lesser defender, or it's going to give one of them a lesser yeah. defender. I think they were sweating on my check at times this season, yep. and he fights above his weight division. Absolutely, that's what I'm saying. It has done for a long time. But so, and then you have Cameron, Cox, Kruger, as you arguably your, your kind of ruckman tall forward. Mm-hmm. So they're relying on which you'd say the three of those guys. At least Cameron's probably going to be their number one ruckman. Is that right? Yep. Am I right in saying that? Yep. Correct me if I'm wrong. So either Kruger or Cox will be that key forward. So I'm just saying, if you're Collingwood, they haven't necessarily like got. And we're trying, we're trying to win premierships here. We're in the business of winning premierships. If you're Collingwood, you want you want that legitimate key forward, which would then make my check better. Yeah. Then which would make McStay better, but they haven't got that. So they've gone to the well with McStay. So I'm just just thinking that I don't. They haven't necessarily got what they actually really need. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. Perfect So I'm not to say it's not going to work. I hope, I hope he does well. And I love what I've seen, like Collingwood this year. Who, who hasn't? If, it's, it's hard to say, isn't it? If you're not a Collingwood supporter, you're generally just, just barracking for them to lose. But yeah, what they've done has been amazing. It has so, been. Let's not be glass half full and everything. Sometimes we can cast a critical eye and debate And what things. their strength has been is their, their agility and their flexibility forward of the ball with their smalls. So that's when teams did, towards the end of the year, the better team, better defensive team, slow them down, force him in a long kick down the line, force the tools to actually compete, bring the ball to ground, or take contested mark. Because contested mark in the forward 50 in particular is so valuable. It's a shot on goal, right? So they don't necessarily have that guy, and they haven't got that guy with them next day, respectfully. BJ's Bond might be my new favourite segment on Trade Radio. I'm going to look forward to this each and every day. And I haven't forgotten about the shortest tenure in sport list. It's building nicely. We'll get to that in a moment. Before we get to break, Henry's in Wills Creek. Wants to talk about Luke Jackson. How are you, Henry? Yeah, good, thanks, guys. How are you? We're well. Uh, yeah, no, I'm just interested in... I, I, I'm listening to what, what I hear. At, you know, Fremantle saying they're going to offer so far, saying... Pick 13 yep. and a uh, future first round pick. 
Um, and we're talking about a player who was picked free, uh, rising stars, got 50 games, he's 21 years old, um, he's a premiership player. Now, I know because he's out of contract, you lose a bit of trade value there, but you know what? what they're offering and and what I hear from West Coast, you know, not even willing to offer pick two, uh, you know, there's taking there's there's having a bit of an advantage because the guy's out of contract and then there's just downright what I would call insulting, which is what's been offered so far. And I'd love to know if you're a West Coast supporter, I'd love to hear from any West Coast supporters, what you think about your side not offering pick two for a bloke who's probably a once in a generation player. Uh, and who you can build a side around, given that Nick Nat's probably only got one or two years and is injury prone anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm astounded by the lack of of what they're prepared to offer up. And if I'm a West Coast supporter, I'd be really dirty that my club's not going out there and offering pick two to make sure they get Luke Jackson. Um, I think he's worth two first round picks, you know, this year and and the future first round pick myself. Um, and also, just on Melbourne, I don't know why we're not trying to get any of these key position forwards. You know, maybe we should be saying to Fremantle, you've got to throw him Rory Lobb. Um, because we, not, I don't know that he's going to be much better than Benny Brown, who's unfortunately his best is past him, I think. And we don't have anyone else there. You know, Wiedemann's not up to it. And we're, I guess, putting all a lot of hope in, in uh, Jacob Van Ruin, who I think will be a good player. But, yeah, it, it's... I can't believe that the poultry offers that are coming in so far. Good on you, Henry. He's channeling a bit of uh, BJ's bomb there with that uh, Fremantle offer of the pick 13 and the future first. And Well, then now the Dockers have got a future second rounder from North Melbourne for, for the, in that Logan Tuck, and they've got a future third rounder as well. So if Melbourne are after a sweetener, which they are, Fremantle could blink and potentially offer up, offer up a future third or a future second as, a, as some sort of sweetener to get mm. uh, Melbourne satisfied. We'll see how it plays out. But uh, that was a good little rant there from Henry. I enjoyed that. Right, the list. Shortest tenure in sport. Inspired by Matthew Lloyd. We've got a sequel to come. We'll get to it on the other side of this on Continental Tires, AFL Trade Radio. Continental Tires, magnificent. They're engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Trade Afternoons for McDonald's. The McSpicy Range at Maccas. Can you handle the heat? A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. Uh, the AFL's named the independent four-person panel tasked with fully investigating those racism allegations levelled at Hawthorne. Bernard Quinn Q- uh, Casey will head the panel and he is joined by experienced barristers Jacqueline Turfray, Julie Buxton and Tim Goodwin. That report will be with the AFL before the end of the year. And Fremantle pair Griffin Logue and Darcy Tucker have officially moved to North Melbourne. The league confirmed the Kangaroos got the duo along with a future third round pick in exchange for a future second, third and fourth round suite of picks. Tylers, you need stock fast? Well, Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. So Matty Lloyd set the scene for us off the top, inspired by Andrew Thorburn, uh, BJ, shortest tenures, well, in sport and pop culture. You said that Matty Lloyd stole your segment. Well, unintentionally. Unintentionally. Uh, Let's be honest, it wasn't the most original idea. And uh, he nailed it, though. So he went Andrew Thorburn, of course. Malcolm Blight as the Saints coach. Bernie Quinlan as the Lions coach. Andrew Lovett as the Saints recruit in your time. Recruited, didn't play a game. A couple of months. 
Craig Hutchison is the footy show host. A bit harsh on Hutchie. Uh, Mel Meninga, Billy Brownless, those famous forays into politics, as brief as they were. <laughs> Tracy Gaudry is the Hawks CEO, didn't last long. And James Fantasia as Hawthorne head of football. What about Bill Belichick resigning after one day as coach of the Jets? And then a week later, appointed coach of the Patriots. <laughs> Got a bit off. Safe to say the rest is history. Far out. Amazing. That was a big one. Sliding door moment. Chris Yaron, one season, no games at Richmond. Luke Beveridge. How about Luke Beveridge, appointed director of coaching at St Kilda in July 2014. Wasn't due to start until 2015, but no, by November of 2014, he was appointed coach of the Western Bulldogs. Hadn't even stepped foot in the door at Moorabbin, and uh, he was appointed coach of the Western Bulldogs. Britney Spears was married f- to 55 hours, uh, 55 hours to Jason Alexander. I know you follow Britney's um, comings and goings regularly, so there you go. Um, Oscar Piastri, good nomination off the text, was going to be Alpine's driver next year for about 30 minutes until he responded to their announcement, shutting it down. Um, Andrew McLeod, Jamie says, shortest tenure as a Fremantle player. No games, on traded. Yeah, I got no memory of that. Yeah, that was that's true. That we're, we're going back, obviously, to the beginning of his career. Um, Fremantle Football Club entered the AFL for the nineteen ninety five season. They had some recruiting concessions. They sought to recruit Andrew McLeod. Um, anyway, we can go on, yeah, but he refused to he refused to play for for Fremantle. Um, intense, that's what I remember. Andrew Bogut traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Says Daz, fifty eight seconds on the court. So that happens all the time, doesn't Did it? Did a Never played for them again. So some great uh, great nominations coming through. Shortest tenure in sports. So there are unlucky seven or eight off the back of Matty Lloyd's list. Uh, BJ's on barley time today. Wake up, son, says this texter. Still am. You've been up and about. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I still am. He's probably watching me going, he still looks half asleep. You've been the back. three-hour time difference kills you with, seven kid, uh, with three kids sorry, at home. You've been back here for how long and you already got a parking ticket as well? <laughs> you brought that up. How'd you manage that? Yeah. Better half will be happy with that. 12 hours being back in town, <laughs> parking ticket. Thanks. There you go. All right, we better get to Howie, who's been waiting on the line very patiently over in WA, uh, wanting to know a bit about Collingwood. We'll try to help you out here, Howie. What's on your mind? Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Um, what What do you think... Collingwood are going to do with the like of mixed stay and then getting Frampton in and how do you think we're going to fit Tom Mitchell and where is he going to have a spot in our midfield that's going okay at the moment? Wow. Can you, can you, yeah, can you fill us in on Frampton? What's, what's the, I think Billy Frampton will happen. It won't be for a lot. I thought he showed a little bit this mm. year, Billy Frampton. Now he's going to be depth at Collingwood, I'd imagine, but he showed a bit in a game. I reckon it was in Ballarat against the Western Bulldogs. Yeah, he yep. plucked, that many intercept marks out of the sky there, yep. Billy. Obviously, I think started his career as a forward, didn't quite work out. Made the cross, uh, made the move across the South Australian clubs. Yeah, so could he? Yeah, is oh, he, he could push. Well, I mean, I was, no, all bets are off over summer, aren't they? You push for for yep. a spot. Because um, what, what I'm going to say, they're probably potentially looking at off the top of my head is because Howell at times had to play as a second key defender, and you got Young Murphy there. Yep, like they were under You got Darcy Moore as well. Yep. But yeah, so Darcy yeah. takes he's the number one. So you get a power forward, and then you got a team with two or three of them. They're undersized. So potentially he comes in, blossom, matures into a key defender. And and enough to be, you know, a worthy, respectful key defender, then just to free up Jeremy Howe to mm. go back to more of that, you know, third kind of tall back, intercepting, plays a bit higher, drops off at times or most of the time to be that more intercept rebounder player, which would suit them more because that's what he's arguably best at. And he's batted way above his weight. So that's, that's a good 
good point about Frampton. And then what was how his other question? How is McStay? How's Tom fitting? Mitchell or McStay? We know his role, yep. and we know he's already got there. And then where Tom Mitchell might fit in? Yeah, that which we talked which about earlier. We've debated Howie, which we just quickly gloss over again. So he fits in just more as an accumulator because they're quite dynamic midfield now. When you Chris Dugowie, Adams who was injured towards the end of the year, Pendlebury won't play as much in there because he play he did play. More midfield time at the end of the year because of Adam's injuries. Lipinski's come in, had a great year, and then arguably throwing Dacos there, who I think his next phase of his career turns more into a midfielder that can play forward of centre. Thanks for call, Howie. We have a pick swap uh, that's just taken place here, BJ, and it concerns GWS and Brisbane. So the trade looks like this uh, paperwork lodged with the league. The Giants have traded their round two pick this year, pick 21, and their future round two selection to the Brisbane Lions for the Brisbane Lions round one pick this year being pick 15. So the Lions have handed over 15 and they've got back 21 and a future round two pick. So make of that what you will. So when you say, just remind me again, a a future can be, doesn't have to be next year. Tied to ladder position. No, no, next year, 2023. Has to be next year. Yep. Yep. 2023. So that's the the Going move that has just taken place. Defense. So that that makes that immediately my mind's drawn to Josh Dunkley there. Given mm. the Western Bulldogs would have potentially had their eyes set on uh, pick 15 for Josh Dunkley as part of that deal. That's now off the table. So uh, Brisbane Lions, their first pick uh, at this stage, as things stand at the moment, is uh, pick 21 that they've just acquired from GWS. Yep. So we know the Lions have got to get picks in at the same time. So they've got to satisfy. The dogs for Josh Dunkley, but they've got their father's sons, Will Ashcroft, Jasper Fletcher. Will Ashcroft surely be nominated with a number so one pick. They're that's have their to match. priority, isn't it? I don't sure what their priority is. Well, they've got a star best and fairest winner in his mid-20s wanting to play for them. But then you've got a, a, a father, two father's sons that are going to command some draft capital as well. Ashcroft said a lot of people are saying he's going to have just as much impact as... Nominal number one pick, for yeah, sure. Dacos has had it this year at Collingwood. So theorists, go to work on that pick swap. <laughs> Let us know. 0419-187-323. And you can give us a buzz as well. one 5548 On the other side of this, we're going to have a chat to Jeff Walsh, the new Executive General Manager of Football at the Saints. And have we got time for another call, have we? Oh, we've got another break before we get to Jeff Walsh. So we'll cram two more in, uh, uh, BJ. You're listening to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Trade Afternoons for McDonald's. The McSpicy Range at Maccas. Can you handle the heat? Jeff Walsh, not too far away. Executive General Manager of Football at the Saints. He'll join us uh, in about five or ten minutes' time. But David's in Springvale here. Uh, BJ, we might go to him. G'day, Dave. How are we, guys? Uh, we're well Good here. Uh, uh, firstly, I think St Kilda's done the right thing by getting Jeff Walsh across. I think he's an awesome bloke, and I think he's done a great job at every club he's been at. Um, That's the first thing. The second thing is... Ben Long's asked for a trade to Gold Coast. Why is St Kilda um, gone cold on Jack Bowes, Jack Bowes, part of me, and pick seven for Ben Long? Well, I've got that question down to ask him, David, not so much concerning Ben Long, but just why would they not be interested in, in Jack Bowes and pick seven, which I've said many times over has to be one of the best deals in this trade period. I just can't see a reason why you wouldn't be. 
Admittedly, though, you have to um, absorb his sizable salary over the next couple of years and further to that, of course, to get him down there. But um, paid a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it, it's a consideration, but at the end of the day, you're getting pick seven and you're mm. getting a, a, a bloody good pick in the door. So, David, that's a question I've got down to ask. I'm not sure why the Saints wouldn't be interested in that deal. Not to say they're not. It's just they haven't. I think other clubs have been quite bullish. open and bullish just about mm. their interest in Bose and pick seven, all that deal with Gold Coast. But you'd, you'd, from the outside, you'd say St Kilda in the strongest position, right? Because if Gold Coast wants something they want, and mm. apparently what St Kilda talked about and how they improve in terms of getting talent in, getting the draft again, and you're getting a player yep. of 23. Yep. 23, 24, I think, yeah. 24. Um, Brisbane, by the way, have given up just recapping their first pick in this year's draft, pick 15. They've given it to GWS in exchange for pick 21 and a future second-round pick. We invited the theorists to explain that one for us. BJ, with the pick swap between Brisbane and GWS, Nick says, does it seem more likely now that Brisbane may need to offer a player up in the trade for Josh Dunkley? Then we can, uh, that leads to all sorts of speculation. John from Brisbane, the Lions pick swap points to me that they think they are going to get, they are going to get pick number seven and Bose from Gold Coast. Wouldn't that be a shock if the Lions got that? Pick seven will pay for Dunkley. He's only worth one first round pick in the top 10. As I say, that's Johnny in Brisbane. That would be a curveball. Mm. Which, there was talk of the early Talks with Brisbane. Moving down it? the hallway. Yep. 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 Was linked for a time. And then, as you said, uh, a lot of clubs have seemingly, anyway, the narrative from the outside, again, what we just try to piece together on this side of the fence, seem to have gone past Brisbane. But perhaps, as Johnny says, we should not rule them out. Jimmy is over in WA. He's been waiting on the line as well. G'day, Jim. Hey, gentlemen. How are you going? We're good. Um, just just uh, quickly, a couple of points. Um Taking you back to that caller who was sort of, I, I can tell you, he was a Melbourne man, was sort of asking about uh, why West Coast aren't into Jackson. Mm-hmm. The reason that West Coast aren't into Jackson is because they have literally no young kids on their list, um, elite, talented young kids. So I'd say that they're trying to, I'd say there's a chance that they'll split that pick and, and try and get, you know, three or four quality youngsters in the door because. Obviously, they traded all those first rounders for for Kelly back in the day, so that's really why they haven't been in the uh, in the Jackson. Um, they're trying to flex to to give uh, to make Freo work a bit harder, but that's why they they aren't going down that route. Uh, Nat Nui actually signed a two year extension as well, um, so so uh, he'll, he'll be there. But I was just calling about the pies. Um, so I think I think what's been missed in all of this, yeah, there's the Grundy. Yeah, there's the Grundy uh, salary situation. Um, but I think what's what's going on is is when Graham Wright walked into the footy club after after sort of Ned Guy um, happened, what he had found is that our list is very unbalanced. There was a lot of like really established core players and then uh, there's just kids. So, you know, we had, you know, 20-odd people under 22. So... He was really unbalanced. And then what we've done is we've got Lipinski, we've got mm. Kruger. I think we're going to get Fiorini. Um, we're going to get Frampton in. So I think he's trying to really build that core of, of, of uh, mid-20s sort of players to, to balance it out to be a, um, to be a, a sort of um, more well-calibrated list. But I think the reason, going back to what we were talking about before in terms of you know the key defenders and Frampton and that, I think they're um, they're getting Frampton. Definitely, we're lacking a, a key defender after 
Roughhead's um, retired. Now, I don't know if he's going to be Roughhead, but if we also lose Grundy, um, you'll find that Frampton can play Ruck. Like, he's over 200 centimetres as well. I think my personal view is next year, guys, before I go, is that Mason Cox is going to start in the VFL and they'll play Kruger and McStay as their second Ruckman and they'll back Darcy Cameron in. Um, and I think that they're trying to get Tom Mitchell because we are very thin in the midfield. Like, when we lost Taylor Adams this year, like, we've got an elite midfield, but we don't have any depth because that second tier of player is kids like Josh Carmichael was going to play, come in for Taylor Adams when, you know, he, you know, three or four months ago he was playing Sandful. So I think that's why they're sort of getting Fiorini and Mitchell in because we are sort of lacking a bit of depth in that department. There you go, Jimmy. Knows his, knows his team, yeah, knows his list. Points. Hit all the nails on the head there with uh, their potential acquisitions. Love the call, Jimmy. Nothing further we could add to that. We need to get to a break. On the other side of it, we'll get out to Morabin, speak to the new Executive General Manager of Football out there, Jeff Walsh. It's all taking place here on Trade Afternoons for McDonald's. The McSpicy Range at Maccas. The only question, can you handle the heat? Trade Afternoons for McDonald's. The McSpicy Range at Maccas. Can you handle the heat? Well, the big news out of the Saints this morning was that they had a new head of football. And to be precise, he is the executive general manager of football. And on a busy day one, officially anyway, I think we can call it that. He's been kind enough to slice off a few minutes to join us on Continental Tires AFL Trade Radio. His name, of course, is Jeff Walsh. Welcome here, Jeff. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Sam. Thanks a lot. How long did you wrestle with getting back into this full-time caper, Jeff? The reviews are hard work, but... They're a bit like babysitting, aren't they? You can give them back. <laughs> it's quite a, quite a very uh, apt uh, comparison. Uh, yeah, look, I, I did ask and, and, and take some time to to consider, you know, the decision because, you know, having well, it would be two years in December since I I finished at Collingwood, and uh, albeit I've kept my hand in, I suppose, in a, in some sense with with a couple of clubs with their review process and and spent uh, a few months with the AFL on the Tasmania licence. Um, there's, uh, you know, to a great degree, there's no ownership, if you like, with that. And, uh, you know, going back into club land, is a, is, uh, as Brenda would know, it's a, it's a full-time commitment and it's, uh, you've got to invest, you know, all your energy, all your passion, all your, all your, all your um, commitment that you can um, screw up to... Uh, to, to do it well, so uh, yeah, it, it, it took me a little while to, to get my head around. You know, am I up for that? And do I want to do that? And uh, when I arrived at the decision, yes, um, it would. It sort of moved from there. So I know your job's all-encompassing. It's certainly a big one, of course, as the head of the program. But as we sit here now, Jeff, what do you, what would you say is the priority at St Kilda? You know, one finals appearance since 2011. They're their challenges in modern times. What's the priority at the Saints? Do you think? Oh, look, I think the priority is similar to every other club. And uh, as uh, one of my old coaches, Dennis Pagan, would have said, it's all about W's and L's, isn't it? And, uh, and you get more W's in the column than L's, well, then uh, then uh, it, uh, it goes a long way to uh, ensuring that you've got a, a club that will at some stage uh, experience the ultimate success. I think you know, it's, quite, it's quite well acknowledged that um, if you can get yourselves in or around the top four often enough, consistently enough, well, then, you know, your, your time will come. And Geelong is no better evidence than that this year. So, 
you know, the, the priority, I suppose, is to is, is to assist with the processes that are involved in terms of the recruiting, the, the environment, the, 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 the people, uh, the, the, the list. Uh, all, all those are components of, um, of ensuring uh, or, or, or trying to build some success. And just a bit of extension on that question, Jeff, what my understanding is the reviews probably going to be wrapped up in the next week or two. Is there any likely outcomes you can talk about now of what that's going to look like at the club? Well, I haven't been part of the review, Brent, as you could well uh, imagine. Um, I think that it'll be sort of presented to to the board or whatnot at some stage later ne- uh, next week. Um, but yeah, in terms of what it contains, you know, hand over heart, I, I haven't I haven't seen it, and I have I, I haven't been privy to the to the parameters or the, or the scope of it. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd, be, I'd be telling lies if I said I knew. Jeff Brendan Lade's obviously departed. You know, before obviously before your, your announcement was um, was was given for the Bulldogs, so you got a vacancy there in the assistant coaching uh, lineup. Where, where where would things be at with that? Well, I, I know Simon Lethleen and David Rath have been um, you know across that obviously since Lady uh, took up his uh, role uh, at the Bulldogs, so. I know they're they're in the process uh, of of talking to a few uh, again because I've been outside that I'm, I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit naive to to the who why and when but of course now now that I've you know, been announced and uh, be involved I'll I'll get myself involved there because as you say there's there we are we're down one assistant coach uh, as we speak and that vacancy needs to be filled. Uh, we'll just move on. You must be happy with Zane Cordy's decision to join mm. the Saints and filling what was a, a must-needed back spot there for the Saints. And then on the other hand, a two-part question, you must be disappointed about Jordan Ngoi's, uh decision to stay with Collingwood because I believe you've gone on public record and saying you're a fan of Jordan Ngoi. Yeah, I don't think I'm any Robinson Crusoe there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's, an, he's an A-grader, as simple as that. And, uh, you know, my, I uh, did spend a fair bit of time uh, at Collingwood when he was there, and uh, yeah, look, he, he simply, he simply has got you know top end talent, um, and I know the Saints did have a big dip at him, and uh, you know, unfortunately for them, they they, they missed out. Um, so yeah, that that would, that is disappointing in itself because as I say, he he, uh, he has the ability to turn a game or a quarter uh, off his own. Off his own boots, so uh, you know, he, as I say, he's, a, he's an A grader. And with Zane Cordy, yeah, yeah, look, he, he, he certainly feels a need. Like he, you know, for a start, his resume says, yeah, he's a he's a premiership player, and they they're they're few and far between in in, in terms of the competition, particularly for, the, for those that might come available for for other clubs. Um, he, he, he he plays consistently uh, as a defender. He's obviously going to allow some flexibility with the with the current back six, particularly guys like Battle and um, and Wilkie, who who uh, you know may be able to re- be released to to other other types of roles, because I think Zane, with his size and his athleticism, will will uh, will be able to take you know the the, the bigger or the marking type forwards. Jeff, obviously you've only just got there, conscious of that. I know list um, your list boss James Gallagher, of course. But a question we get, well, we have got a lot over the last few days here, is why the Saints wouldn't be interested in in Jack Bowes and that pick seven deal from the Suns. Firstly, is that the case? And if so, what? Why not? 
Yeah, well, again, and I'm not trying to dodge the question, but I, I, for obvious reasons, I've, I've probably purposely, I, I haven't up until now been involved in that uh, because, you know, not, not, you know, even the wider circle of St Kilda people have only recently become aware of my my um, mm. uh, my joining the club. So, I, I, as I say, without trying to dodge the question, I, I, I would think if Jack Bowe's situation is still alive, and I don't know that, um, well then, you know, James One would be the, the person to ask, and, and I'm sure that him and his list management team will be doing their due diligence on that because uh, on the surface of those sorts of deals, particularly now that salary dumping seems to be uh, the flavour of the month and, and has now sort of been ticked off and sanctioned by the by the competition, um, it, it just becomes another avenue of securing either a player, it depends on which end of the deal you're on, or, um, uh, or a uh, coveted draft uh, pick, uh, or sometimes in this case, both. Got one more sort of James Gallagher-style question for you, Jeff. Apologies, but Asava Radagalia, is he someone that your new club might have an interest in or, or not? Well, I, I think just from reading some notes recently that he's a player that's been discussed. So I can't be any more honest than that. I know that our list management team have, have, have discussed him with, with their list management group uh, or the list management group. But again, where it's at, I don't know. But uh, so being as transparent as I, as I can, yep. the, uh, the, the, the name has certainly been mentioned in, in some of the list management group um, uh, no, it's all minutes, yeah. Oh, we appreciate you joining us, uh, Jeff. I know it's a, a busy time for you. Um, congratulations on the appointment. Well done for taking the plunge again and, and appreciate you for coming on and, and obviously fielding a, a few questions that you're not quite privy to the answers to yet. So we appreciate it. No, no, I, I appreciate the, the interest and uh, let's hope everyone's saying uh, congratulations to 12 months. Eh? Very good. Jeff Walsh there, the new Executive General Manager of Football down at Moorabbin. BJ, your old club and... Uh, He'll bring a firm hand to proceedings down there uh, alongside Brett Ratton, Simon Lethleen, part of that restructure at the Saints. We've just, have I got another fact or fiction for you? A late fact or fiction? Yeah. I might have to park it. Really? It's oh, all, all over Twitter. Uh, uh, Twitter, uh, oh, someone sent an SMS, Bailey Smith to Carlton. It's all over Twitter. <laughs> I think that might be fiction, but uh, I don't. That's news to me. First time I've ever read that. That one is from Faz. Hey, up next, the late trade. Damien Barrett's here. Steve Silvani's here. David Noble is here as well. So the boys will take you through until uh, 6 o'clock. And also Matty Rendell will sub in for David Noble a little bit later on. This has been Trade Afternoons for McDonald's. BJ, so good to see you again, mate. You might be on barley time, but I'm loving BJ's bomb. I'm loving all the things that we've discussed Fact today. Fact and fiction tomorrow. Fact and fiction. You've just come good armed start. and dangerous. Looking forward to it. Trade Afternoons for McDonald's. It has been the McSpicy range at Macca's. Of course, can you handle the heat? And everything going down here. You want to keep it locked to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Sam Edmund, Brendan Goddard will be back at 1 o'clock tomorrow for more trade-up. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Afternoon action. We will see you then. Have a good afternoon.